0: Life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore.
1: We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. You and I just got back from lemons, not even Mm. 12 hours ago. (laughs) I know. And yet, I got home to discover I'm not sure we had the most fun. What? This weekend in your car. Wait, what do you mean? Because I got home to discover that, okay, I left. My wife, when I left, she asked that I leave the hard top, which has to be bolted on. Leave the hard top off the Lotus. Leave her with the soft top.
0: <laughs> I get home to discover. Beginning to see where this is going. Yeah,
1: I get home to discover that, okay, at one point she went and bought uh, bought some trees from Home Depot. For that, she took the cayenne. I'm glad to hear that. And then proceeded to fully wash it, which I also appreciated. But for everything else she's done in the four days I've been gone, she's taken the Lotus. For everything. <laughs> and she's never put the top on. And she's of in love course with the car. She has. She's obsessed with the car. And I, and I said to her tonight, I said I, I'm thrilled, but I'm a little shocked because she's driven it on a couple of t- occasions and liked it, but I didn't think she liked it to this degree. And she's just taken it because she's just like, well, why not?
0: It's there. He's gone. Exactly. I. You've got the car. That's funny. When I got home, she said, she said,
1: "Wouldn't you go pick up our son? And if you want, you can take my car." And she meant the Lotus. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. so that's happened, has it? Yeah, uh huh. Wow. Right, rude I awakening she was coming.
0: Porsche girl, all about it. She no, she loves
1: the Cayenne, but, I know I, but she she, does. she likes the Lotus at, the, at a degree that I did not expect. Which is funny because I've driven it on a couple little nothing things since I got home, and it has reminded me what it's like to drive a car without body roll.
0: Honey, I've been gone for four days, and there's an extra five hundred miles in the car. Seriously, care to explain? Well, but but we we. <laughs> Couldn't have
1: been in a more different car for the last few days. We, we are back from no Lemons. Kidding. You guys have got questions. We had an amazing experience. We shot a piece for television for uh, next season Velocity in uh, January-ish of 2018 is when that will be out. So we do have a ton of footage, and we had an amazing right. time. So we should talk that up. We've also got a cool car debate coming up for Nate in Ohio, and many of your questions, some of which relate to Lemons, which we'll cover up front. A lot to talk about.
0: Wow, did we drive? <laughs> yeah, we did. We'd like to cover something in the news, though, that's come up that got us talking in the car as we yeah, were driving yeah, around Washington. That's true, that's true. And Washington, it was great to be there. I, I love it. As you know, my family's up there, mm-hmm. and it was great to see them. And uh, the Ridge Motorsports Park is excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get there. We'll cover this.
1: Certainly. We need to.
0: But what we wanted to talk about is Audi. Mm -hmm. And the new naming convention that has just made its way into the news, it's a new model naming strategy that they have announced that's being enacted in 2018 and only affecting the normal cars, apparently, not applying to their performance cars, the S and the RS models, and the R8 range, from what I understand at this point. This is only normal cars.
1: Is it spoiler alert if I say already right up front that I hate it? (laughs)
0: No. Okay.
1: I just, I wanted to put
0: that out there. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up as we were talking and I I dived into more information Uh and looking through, I I saw, okay, all right. I'm understanding more because you've got a big corporation here. And by the way, even though Audi is Volkswagen, Audi operates rather independently in their thinking, in their design. Yeah, They consider themselves an independent company. So they're, they're still kind of doing their own thing. Oh, well, maybe we'll see this from Volkswagen at some point. But they're they're naming their new models to differentiate their power output designation, whatever and regardless the powertrain, whether it's mm-hmm. electric, whether it's a hybrid, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. an internal combustion engine. So they've wanted to start now and start renaming things based on what is the power output of the car. Sure. Drive train aside. Sure. And I think, okay, that's... Admirable, and mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. that because up to now through the '80s we all know a bmw three twenty five i yeah we know how large the engine is, sure, 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 you know a mercedes five hundred e whatever yep. that is, we know it 's got the five liter v eight whatever well, that is.
1: and and Mercedes hung on to the c sixty three even though that engine quit being a six point three liter i mean this is yes. this has happened to just then about it got everybody into gray areas. exactly it just happened to just about everybody where you have a numeric convention that suggests power, and then the engine leaves the numeric convention that was connected to and now it's a free for all of numbers and unfortunately Audi has joined this rank I don't think it this doesn't make sense plus I also don't think they should have and I want to talk about that further but I'm very curious of your takeaways on it
0: They've introduced comparative terms and comparative yeah. numerology for yeah. their cars. Absolutely, absolutely for which most people may not understand at first unless they dive in and really get explained. Yeah. I mean, salespeople are gonna have a heyday trying to explain this mm-hmm. and justify. Learning it in their the first customers. place, yeah. Because I'm guessing not all these cars across the board will have the same kinds of, you know, hybrid powertrains. They'll all be different per car, from mm-hmm. the A four to the A eight. They'll all have a, a, some combination of it, but they're yeah, not yeah, alike. Yeah. And that's again, what they're trying to address. And I understand that I don't agree with it. And I'm, I'm not open to it right now, although I'm generally open to change and I'm generally open to, all right, the tech is coming. How do we address that? Sure. I, I'm liking that line of thinking. Yeah. Let me put that out there right now. I, I embrace that. Okay. They see it coming and any switchover change is hard from, of course, of you know, course, yeah. subscription. Adobe was a great example of you're taking my software away and I have to subscribe to you now. Yeah. You subscribe and now to Android and yeah. Spotify yeah, yeah, of course. and soon we'll be subscribing to car ownership, all that kind of <laughs> Let's stuff. Let's hope not, but probably. <laughs> yeah. So here we are with Audi doing their, all right, we got to designate the power. But then as I dive further into it, And by the way, the the nomenclature is starting with 30 and working Mm -hmm. up to 70 Uh in front of the badge. So you have a 30A4, whatever it is. Then you have a, uh, what else? Uh, A 50, or no, a 45, 30, 45, 50, 55. All the way up to 70. And these are representing power ranges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the, the 30 power range is from 110 horsepower up to 129 horsepower. How does that relate to a 30? It doesn't. It doesn't even relate to the kilowatt output. No, it doesn't. That's the thing about this. that's where they lost me. That's the thing about this that
1: I think is maddening, is it doesn't have any connection. They're breaking it down so that you can can look at a car, theoretically, you can see this made-up number on the back, and know, did you buy the powerful one or not? But but I don't care. I I don't care. I actually read one commentary that said it's the same as looking at the GLA 45 AMG. That 45 does not relate to anything in that car. No, no. And so that's what they're doing because 45 looks like a big number and aren't we excited? But but I come back to this. I come back to cars, I think, make the most sense when they're simple in their name designations. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a couple of examples. BMW, who, of course, you know, back... You know, Maximum Bob was one of the people that pioneered the whole 325, 328. You know, he was one of the people (laughs) when he was working for BMW. He was one of the people that that the 3 would be the 3 Series, and then the numbers following that were the engine number. We've already covered. Everybody's left that. Right, Right. But if we've left that, I submit that what it should be is very simple. I'm driving a BMW 3 Series. If I'm driving a BMW M3, that's the hot one. Right. What engine I have beyond that, who cares? And Audi's already done this well. And that is, you've got an A3, A4, A5, A6. I I get it. And then if you want to go up, you've got, guess what? The S3, S4. That's hotter. You want to get super hot? RS7. RS3. These are the hot ones. The RS in the front. And now I get it. Why do we need a string of numbers on the side to suggest the engine you got inside that scenario? It
0: doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Well, and that... That number and naming convention is now going to be followed by TFSI, TDI, GTron, uh-huh. or ETron to yeah. designate the engine technology or motor technology, whatever yeah. it is behind the numbers, when I see the new car and I see a new A6 with the, the 50 or 55, I'm not going to remember that it has somewhere between 227 yeah. and 248 horsepower, nor will I care. Agreed. Agreed. Nor should you. What does that do for name? It's, it's added badging. It's uh-huh. added a string of numbers. Uh-huh. Yes, people will understand and they'll get the explanation at first and then walk out the dealership and promptly not remember. Yeah. And,
1: and, and the sad thing is you're going to end up with two groups of people. Maybe three, but I'm going to go with two groups of people. Group one is going to not have any idea what this means or care. Right. They bought the car. Right. And so the string of numbers is irrelevant to them. So it, so they're never going to learn it. The other group is going to be the people that are very concerned with that number. So they're going to buy the badge that says 70 on the back. Mm-hmm. If you care that much about that badge being a made-up badge, which is what Audi's saying we, we do, you're going to buy the ridiculous one and put it on the back, and we're all going to go, There's, that car didn't come in that size because we're geeks. Of course. Yeah.
0: Right. And am I going to care, <laughs> again, the 70, the hot one, mm-hmm. whatever that is, they're just leaving the door open to say, this has more than 400 kilowatts or more than 536 horsepower. From here to a 1,000 million zillion fair, horsepower, fair, yeah. they're just leaving that. Open. Okay, so yeah. the 70 is the hot one. What does 70 tell me? Nothing. N- nothing. It doesn't tell me the... No. Oh, it just, I know that that's the hot one, and you paid more money for that. Yeah. Other than that, I why? It doesn't relate to anything about the car, yeah. and that's what I loved about the German naming convention. Agreed. It's the 3 Series with this size of engine. It makes sense to me.
1: And speaking of BMW and speaking of the future, BMW has done this well. Even though a lot of their numbers don't relate anymore, BMW's done it well in one way and that is their i series. Mm-hmm. None of us can mm-hmm. think off the top of our head very quickly what are the power output of the i3 or the i8, but you know where those are in the range.
0: You do, and it's very simple. It's simple. The 8 is the big boy, the 3 <laughs> is the little boy. This is very simple. I mean, did Audi look at Infinity and think, "Well, they figured it out yeah. all the Qs and zeros and numbers." Clearly. They've really confused their buying public, and man, are people headed straight to infinity dealerships <laughs> to get straightened out, right, and maybe yeah. buy something. Well, here, yeah, I, I, and again, I get it, and the, the they're setting themselves up now yeah. for f- whatever future technology they invent and combine together in the car. Yeah. But I'm not going to remember what the 45, quick, what's the A445 yeah, with I the, I, I the G-Tron know. engine? Yeah. I, I I don't know. Yeah. How does it drive? Do I like it? Sure. You know, can I afford
1: it? But this is is one of those things that exists in two lanes at once. In lane one, this is corporate problem-solving thinking, and I see how you got there, and I understand the logic, and many meetings were had, and we decided this, and there were whiteboards and memos, and I get it. Lane two is, you've solved a problem that didn't exist. (laughs) Nobody was crying out and going, I don't understand the Audi range. If only they had a number that I would...
0: (sighs) You had it. <laughs> the A, the S, exactly. and the RS was solved. It was done. It was great and fine. Put the G-tron or the E-tron after that, mm-hmm. and it tells me, "Oh, there's some electric uh, stuff in there yeah. that you know assists." Great, cool. Tell me more, owner. That's yeah. awesome. But, you know, corporate groupthink has now made us realize that none of us is as dumb as all of us. So, fantastic.
1: (laughs) We beat on that. It's only made me angry. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so let's talk about uh, cars without power, which would be the (laughs) 1996 uh, Subaru Legacy wagon we drove all weekend. yeah! That car, of course, if you're following along, that means it was a 20-year-old Subaru wagon with a 2.2-liter engine, a (laughs) four-speed. That's right, four-speed automatic not a dual clutch, just a good old fashioned auto. When it was new, it had a sparkling 135
0: horsepower. I don't think it had that anymore. <laughs> so we walked into this event never having done endurance racing at any level mm-hmm. or racing at all. Todd and wheel I have to wheel. had We've done plenty of track, day track know days, no actual this right. matters. But yeah. then the the biggest thing we we knew but learned all over again is that nobody has dibs at any racing line. Nobody owns a racing true, line. True, true, true. And the best way you can defend it and still be good and cool and still racing clean and tight, yeah. that was the best part. So we walked into this being <laughs> guests of two guys, thanks to Dale and Carl Absolutely. and our, our team manager, Fred. It was Carl's dad. Yeah, They provided the infrastructure for everything and invited us up. We've been talking yeah. about this. It finally happened. Mm-hmm, and, yes, mm-hmm. it will be an episode for next season of Velocity Channel. Yep. We shot the daylights out of
1: this. I am buried in footage. I'm buried and buried in footage. We shot almost as much. This is because we had GoPros running over our shoulders and on us for pretty much any segment. And you think about the fact it was... Technically 24 hours of lemons by name, but it was actually 14 hours of driving uh, over those two days. But uh, we had tons of GoPros running. We have almost as much actual gigabytes worth of footage for this piece as we do for one of our feature films. And Mm -hmm. I'm making a Mm -hmm. 22-minute episode of television buried in footage.
0: Yes. (laughs) Man, it was so much fun. And of course, we're at the Mm -hmm. lowest level of racing here. Sure. There's, of course, Chump Car. There's Lucky Dog Racing. There's all of these other series. We really truly are at the lowest level and we're still racing and respecting, mm-hmm. as you said, all these jobs and all these duties yeah. and all the, the positions are exactly like the Audi Lama team way out here at the professional level or yeah. or Toyota whoever it yeah. is at L M P one if it still exists. It was a fantastic microcosm opening.
1: Yeah, it was a fantastic microcosm of all of those steps. You had to worry about drivers, but you had to worry about food, fuel, how are the tires, what's going on with the brakes? uh who's going to f- get more fuel how are we going to fuel the car how long are the pit stops taking all of this stuff that happens at the highest levels you can think of mm-hmm. are happening with ridiculous bobbleheads on the roofs of cars and at one point there was somebody <laughs> that had a they had a jetta that lo- we shall have to post a, a picture. I of this posted it on you, you just did today. on Instagram, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. The, the Jetta looked like a castle. I'm hoping it was a Monty Python. It was, joke. It was
0: Camelot from from Monty Python. Is, is what, what it was? Good, good. With, it with should the be the bovine trebuchet. Yes,
1: the the the, the <laughs> catapult, as we dubbed it. There is there are a few things stranger than to be floorboarded. In a, in a quasi-race car, it feels like a race car, you got a roll cage and a five-point harness on, floorboarded in a race car, and you get passed by a painted-like-a-castle Jetta with a catapult on the back. <laughs> and you just
0: think, it's hard to take myself too seriously at this moment when that just happened. So the other cars on track were a Toyota Previa turned into a pickup truck. El was, Previa, apparently, we, we, we what we, it yes, was.
1: very good. El Camino, yes. We referred to it as half a Previa because it mm-hmm. was from the,
0: the B-pillar
1: back, there was no more Previa. It was just roll cage <laughs> right. and open.
0: Right. There was a car that was running at the front of the pack and he ended up winning the race overall. Yeah. yeah. That was a Model T chassis. The chassis was nearly a hundred years old yeah. or just over.
1: Got covered on drive channel once, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. With uh, you know, all Ford parts, mm-hmm. Ford five liter in it. It was entirely Ford parts that looked like a Caterham. Looks like a Mad Max Caterham hot rod thing. And he was loud and yeah. he was quick. He was very fast. Two Dodge Neons that, were, that probably had the SRT motor out of it. The Wonder Bread one certainly did. That's right. I said a Wonder
1: Bread Neon. It was it was yeah. painted like Wonder Bread. And it, uh, it was clearly the, the Turbo. And they were also
0: very quick. And they were chucking that car around. The Sriracha Scirocco. Yes. With the green yes, you know, it, nozzle what, what on What you're top. envisioning
1: is exactly what that car looked like.
0: <laughs> with the Sriracha logo on the door. There was a blue Corrado that was wicked fast Mm -hmm. and was trading out for top spot. That looked tuned by a local speed shop, to be honest. It was.
1: And it was was the most normal-looking car on the grid. Yeah. It was just light blue, lots of sponsors, numbers on the side, and here we go.
0: Yeah. What else? Some notables were a C3 Corvette that had a BMW straight six in it. Let us pause here for a moment, rewind that, and say it again. (laughs) This was a C3 third-generation
1: Corvette, the 70s big-fendered one. Mm -hmm. Under the hood was a BMW emblazoned straight six motor. (laughs) It was one of the weirdest concoctions. And it wasn't. Here's the other thing you have to understand. This was not some weird garage hot rod rundown Mad Max build. Oh, yeah. This looked pristine. This
0: looked like I'm going to take it to concourse when we're done. Right. Uh, My favorite still was the (laughs) Vanagon. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the Volkswagen Vanagon. The Polizzi Vanagon, which actually said when you were behind it, it said West Failure on the back. So awesome. This thing, these guys, and a huge shout out to them. They are actually, I found their Instagram account, and they're actually going all over. They're racing everywhere. It had Porsche Big Reds at all four corners. And huge tires. Subaru Boxer Turbo Motor in the back, completely stripped out in light, and light, all the windows were missing. Only the front glass remained. Full roll cage, digital gauges, and he was fast. It, it was, was truly so
1: fun. truly a well sorted race van. This was also not one that was hatcheted together. This was yeah. a race van. And they were running just to give you frame of reference, the leaders of the leaderboard were running about two minute laps of the ridge. Okay? Right. There were right. plenty of people slower than us. Not a lot, but plenty of people slower than us. We were certainly, as far as race cars were concerned, probably I'm gonna guess in the pro- there were about sixty entries. I'm going to guess we were in the the bottom ten of speed. Probably oh, the ten slowest absolutely. cars. We were among the ten absolutely. slowest cars. We were running middle of the pack in lap times, but we were certainly in the bottom ten uh, slowest cars. The folks that were running really fast were running roughly two minute laps. That van was running two tens, and we were running two twenty fives. <laughs> Give you frame of reference.
0: Trying to think what else. Uh, there were there was an Austin MGs. There were multiple years of Camaros. Yes. There was an Audi 90 that looked like a Group B rally car, and the team name was Group B Minus, Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah. They Uh, spent
1: more time under that car than on track, I hate to say. Yeah.
0: Fully lightened Volvo 850R sedan. That was stripped out. It had
1: no trunk. You could see uh, Dale, who was on our team, described it as one of those skeleton watches. You could be behind him on track and watch him shift. (laughs) Because you could watch through the trunk, through the roll cage, and
0: watch him shift. So funny. And then finally, there was a Volkswagen Fox wagon. They were quick. They were unbelievable. And uh, the debate, the whole race, anytime we were on camera, anytime we were just talking to each other, it was always about, okay, we're in an endurance race. Mm -hmm. The Z car that had the V8 in it. Mm -hmm. was changing the transaxle. Two forty Z with a V at the time. Yeah. There was a Mercedes 190 that had an off. I think they were sent home Mm -hmm. for for driving or not being cool. Who knows? Multiple three series, the Dunkin' Donuts Impala SS. That had a big off, but he was fast. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, the the big story here is we're endurance racing. Do do we want reliability? Yeah. And we just want to drive and get seat time. Or do we want some kind of build, Uh which will uh lead us to a question here shortly? It will,
1: for sure, for sure.
0: Do we want some sort of build, and do we want to, you know, really do it and put Mm -hmm. the time and money and the deep end is very deep. Oh, yeah. $500 car purchase and then on down to anything you can do to it. That's where it gets crazy and amazing. But I I think you and I both share this. We just wanted to drive. Agreed. We wanted to show up and have as much track time as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, the sacrifice was, okay, 136 horsepower, 150,000 mile, 96 wagon.
1: (laughs) With a (laughs) four-speed auto. It goes on and on in the wrong direction. Yeah.
0: Because every time we'd think, man, if I only had fast... You know what? It doesn't matter. I'm having fun. We're going fast. Having so much fun. Who cares? Having so much fun. And then I'd think, ah, I wish I had better time. You know what? Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that did lead to a tire discussion. For sure,
1: for and sure. And that
0: being the place to put money. Because you and I both agree. I think so. I if think we're so. to really put money in after the build, after you have to do all the safety yeah, regulations yeah. and lighten it as much as you're able to do. Sure, sure. The tires. I'd keep the stock brakes. But tires alone and have fresh tire changes, that would change our world. I think so, too. It did on the morning of day two. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know how much you guys are following the feed already to know uh, this information. But the other thing that was funny that was going on here is that this was a car that raced Lemons last year. And the build that that Dale and Carl had going had a hiccup. We'll talk about that in the TV show. Had a hiccup. So they needed a backup car, and they went with this one. And it was – when it ran the year before, it was pretty much – just stock They had stripped the interior And put in a roll cage And done nothing to this car And it ran lemons And did okay right. It right. did okay I think it came in like 40th out of 60 something entries So we wanted to better that Yeah 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 We had it repainted In the John Player Special Style livery <laughs> from the 80s Which is the black With the gold stripes And the John Player Special On the side Except we na- renamed it The non-player special So appropriate Which we, we thought was very good uh, So we did that But the other thing is That we we did have different tires Than the year prior so, because of course Subarus are all Legos, we had wheels and tires from an FRS, the original stock Primacies, which are not mm-hmm. good tires. These are tires right. dedicated, right. I, I hate to say it, they're dedicated to understeer until you chuck an FRS sideways and then look, you go, oh, it's oversteer. Everybody talks about how those tires are great and the car is slidey. Most people don't discuss the fact that it will understeer very quickly and then suddenly you can get oversteer out of it. <laughs> right. So, these are not sticky tires by any means, but they have a high tread rating. They took
0: abuse. Mm -hmm. There were chunks missing at the end. Yes, yes. Oh, my
1: gosh. They took abuse. But back to your point about reliability. Here's a car that there's nothing flashy going on about it. But to your point, we did want to just drive and not be under-wrenching it. They put these tires that were brand new. They had come off a car, an FRS, like 100 miles in. So they were brand new. Put those tires on, brand new brakes and rotors at the beginning of day one. Mm -hmm. Checked them before day two and decided to keep running with both. This is a car that just ran and we did not do a tire change and we did not do a brake change and we were putting down faster laps at the end than we were at the beginning. And it just ran that was the greatest thing about
0: tire pressure we should check tire pressures there was (laughs) we didn't day one there was Uh, no
1: but there was no wrenching there was no problem solving it was just get in and drive and that was very satisfying and that led us to there's a question here about what would make a good lemons car we debated this back and forth for an hour when we were done (laughs) because i do think that the limit is there are clearly those teams that we saw that part of the fun for them is we got this to run (laughs) We built this, it runs, and it actually did laps on an actual racetrack. That's not you and me. Not at all. Okay? Not at all. And and there were teams that clearly every year they bring something weird just to try it. And if they spend (laughs) half the time in the pit, that's okay. It's still running. They're still wrenching. They're enjoying wrenching. Fine. We came in uh, 22nd out of 60 cars, and we put in uh, like 40 more laps this year in the same amount of time as the team last year. That felt like an accomplishment. Yeah. You know, and we ended fairly high in our class, which is the B class. We ended fairly high in our class. Everybody above us was putting in like 10, 15-second faster laps, which means we couldn't make up the deficit. And I will tell you, in the straights in that car, we got passed by everything but two cars. I could think of two cars <laughs> in the straights that I could pass, and everything else passed us. But in the corners, we could actually hang.
0: Yeah. It Which was, was fun. shocking
1: because there was so much body roll. I swear when I first chucked this car into one of the big corners, I thought I was scraping a mirror. It was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs>
0: exactly. So of course we debated, you know, it started with a nine fourteen with, huh, pick an engine. You know, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the three fifty small block is typical, but pick some sort of cool engine. Subaru box or turbo motor kept coming up. Uh what else? We we're talking about nine twenty four with some kind of tasty mm-hmm. engine. Mm-hmm. We've talked. Uh, what else? The Mr. Twos. There was an MR2 out there that I think was from Utah. They had a Utah fact. plate on the
1: back, which was random. They, yeah, they an older Utah plate. They the roof plate. off and they and chopped the roof it. off completely, yep. put in a cage, and then tacked this weird shape roof. Well, it wasn't a roof. They essentially they, bolted they, a new strip of metal on the top of the roof. Yeah, with extra clearance like weighing, for helmets. Yeah, exactly.
0: What else? Uh, yeah, we we've talked all kinds of ideas. You had an interesting idea with your uh, with your BMW. Well,
1: we thought we're cuz you're talking about cars that have to be donor cars that are $500. And we were talking a couple couple weeks ago, Chance and I were on here, and we talked about how cheap Z3 convertibles are.
0: Right, right. Because what you
1: that. and I are, would really like to have is a car for lemons, manual transmission, rear wheel drive. Let's just and get some good tires on it. And of course, you know, you think the answer is Miata. It may be Miata, but it may be many other things. We're yeah, talking 500 bucks. Yeah. So our discussion was if the nice, quote-unquote, Z3 convertibles are running $3,500. Right. Couldn't you find a beater, Z3, for 500 And in the vein of the MR2s and the Miatas that were there, couldn't you put a roll cage in it, put some sort of metal roof that isn't anything close to stock and
0: gives us clearance for helmets, and go run a Z3? I mean, because the debate was raging, as you've heard. I mean, I love the ideas of having a car and putting... In- blank engine in it and yeah. oh man wouldn't that be awesome but then it comes back to what you and I wanted is I just want to be on track I want the car to mm-hmm. run reliably and I'm willing to give up power to stay on track yeah so therefore it's got to be very cheap but mm-hmm. run well and all those kinds of things that all right it's it doesn't have a monster v8 in it it's not a ratty Camaro well It's, yeah. you know every I think everybody faster than us had a turbocharged engine or a v8 I think
1: by and large, I think you're probably right,
0: yeah. And we yeah. were hanging. Yeah. I mean, not hanging, but kind of. Yeah. And that felt pretty good. Well, let's put it more candidly. Could you have driven
1: that car faster than us? Probably, but I think most people were surprised at how much a 96 <laughs> Legacy was being hooned around this track. Yeah. And yeah. and to be able to hang with the fast pack in the corners, what I typically did, here's the other thing about it. Because it's endurance racing, I I separated myself from the ego of it and just thought, I want to finish. I want yeah, to drive, I yeah. want to have fun, and I want to finish. And I want to push this car as hard as I can. My first laps on, the beginning of the race, were a full 10 seconds slower than my fast laps at the end of the race because we were just dialing it in. Yep. you know. Yep. And, but, but you could have a five-second swing in lap time just based on how much traffic you hit. Yeah, if you got a nice, absolutely. clean lap, 225s, 224s were very possible. We could turn them in consistently. You hit one pack of traffic, you're at 228, 230 and, very yeah, they're, quickly.
0: They're going to come up on you. They're going to lap but, you multiple times. But the guys session. that
1: were fast, you know what? I know, Traditionally, in traditional racing, Le Mans is a great example, the best example. The slow cars stay on the line, and if you want to pass, you're a faster car. You have to go out of the line to pass. But you know what? One of the things that surprised us was how competitive this genuinely was.
0: Yeah. And how yeah. serious right. it was. Right. Under
1: a veneer that Lemons is just goofing around,
0: under that veneer— yeah. It's a crash-up derby, whatever.
1: That's the suggestion. But under Not that true. veneer, everybody is pushing very hard, and they're very, very concerned with safety.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so when I saw guys that were in contention for race leader—and we learned quickly who the three or four were. If you're coming up on the line and I have the opportunity, I got off the line and gave it to him because I'm a 96 legacy. Okay? I am a rolling roadblock to these people. And I'm twice their size.
0: Lots of pointing bys. I'll
1: get over. I'll give you a point by.
0: You can have the line. Because I don't need to hang on to it. It's okay. (laughs) We're going to be here a long time. Exactly. And our joke was, you know what? We're going to be passing... You know, so many people are gonna be passing us and we're gonna be doing so many point buys. Let's just fasten a mannequin arm on the right side of the car in a <laughs> just a constant point by driver's side window mannequin arm that just, just points. Come on by. You're slow. We I'm know driving, it. here's the point. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, so two things for me came out of this. One, we love the track. Oh, Amazing. my gosh. So
1: much better than I
0: expected. We it's grew a, to love It's a personal thing. favorite now. It's up there for me. I really liked it. It really is. So we rolled up the first day, actually, on Friday, uh-huh. the yeah. day before everything yeah. started, and saw this huge pack of BMWs of all shapes and kinds and sizes, multiple M2s sitting up but there. But all the
1: M cars. All everything the M cars. Everything they sell with an M on it.
0: I went chasing because I really wanted to know what this is. And lo and behold, I found something I was not aware of Mm mtrackdays.bmwusa.com. I was not aware that Monticello Motor Club, Homestead Miami Speedway, Circuit of the Americas, the cars are currently waiting to run mid-September at the Ridge Motorsports Park, and finally wrapping up the year at the Thermal Club for 250 bucks for a day. Come drive our M cars. That's a bargain. Are you kidding
1: me? That is a that is a sign-up now bargain. And I we're not... Like... This is not an endorsement I'm <laughs> intending, by the way. I'm just hearing this from you for the first time. <laughs> and 250 bucks. I was expecting twice that.
0: I am looking at this going... I feel like I've found some hidden gems. Seriously. I, I really do. I mean, they're all waiting, all brand-new cars. Of course, you know, where did my M2 allocation go? Well, the, yeah, apparently they're, out yeah, there. Yeah, they have it. Uh-huh. But the cars are waiting right now. Wow. And... I want to do this at one of these clubs, maybe next year. I mean, the Thermal Club is September 29th or October 6th, but all these different dates come out for a day, drive our stuff, and it's actually a driver competition. It's a nationwide driving competition to take part in these M-Track days. The top drivers from autocross move on to the finals at BMW's Performance Center West in Thermal, California, and after you win, you'll be crowned, of course, the ultimate driver. They're actually the ultimate driver competition. is Interesting. what they're doing. Wow. I had no idea. That's very cool. Like I said, I'm just, I'm freaking out over here because. It had to be 60 cars.
1: It had to oh, be 60 cars. Every bit of that. They were parked yeah. mirror to mirror. It was like <laughs> yeah. eight, eight wide and 10 deep. It was just, it was unbelievable how many cars there were i i'm guessing i didn't take the time to count but it was just this huge block of cars every m car you can imagine with no real rhyme or reason to what was parked next to what i mean there was the m uh, x6 or x6 m the x5 m parked to two Mm -hmm. m2s parked next to the competition pack m4 on and on it went and there was just every color combo we kept going um you know we're driving a 90 can we get
0: one of these you know (laughs) amazing but then the last thing was, um, yes, I'm shopping for enclosed race trailers now. <clears throat> of course you are. Yeah. I'm uh, you know starting to poke around. There's lots of options.
1: Yes, there are. But but here's the, yeah. the biggest debate that happened. I, I, I was most impressed. One of you asked a question about what was one of the most surprising things. I was most surprised by the seriousness of the actual on-track time. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. most yeah. of the journalists or friends that we've heard of that have done lemons, granted, most of them did it four or five years ago. And they're frustration, for lack of a better way to put it, was that it was a little too goofy for their tastes. Now, design-wise, there was plenty of goofiness going on on this race, but the cars, the people that were driving were serious about it. I agree. And the upper guys that were competing for time were extremely serious, and they were good drivers, and they were chasing the line, and they were hunting each other down in a very serious way. It wasn't demolition. It was straight line. Here we go, wheel to wheel. I was very surprised that underneath the goofy perception mm-hmm. was real racing going on.
0: Real racing, as you said. you know, The drivers are good, and the kinds of cars that you wouldn't think would be fast are fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just big surprise. Like, like
1: the West Folly event.
0: The Vanigan's <laughs> passing me, yeah, a dodge neon with blow off valves is passing me. Yeah. what on earth well, of course we're not in the pa- passing Legacy. us wasn't
1: impressive, but passing many most everybody passing else was very impressive on, track. so there was yeah. that that was definitely a big thing, I And mean, then you talked about it as well, and chance and I got in almost an argument oh, about really? a lemon's car <laughs> because of the reality of think about chance who's building his mustang, sure, and think about me, I want to drive a car, and I don't want to have to wrench on it, sure, so that was the discussion. Chance was much more drawn to the idea of get something fun figure out a fun engine for it make it run go take it racing i get it i just want to my thinking is you buy the $500 thing and you get it back up to proper running spec taking it back to stock
0: and spend the money there that's spend that's your money wisely spent not money. trying
1: to make it different yeah. than it was but try to make it run perfectly for what it is
0: not fuel cell and crazy so
1: that so that craziness. theoretically you are now still leaning on all the R&D that was done by a massive corporation. This is my thinking. All the R&D that was done by a massive corporation, you're leaning on that and making it run as best it could so that it will just run for you. But now it becomes a harder hunt for exactly what are we shopping for and how much uh, how much power can we get out of it. But I'm going to go back to tires, 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 which I know doesn't surprise Agreed. anybody. But I would uh, – the Z3 thing – intrigues me the 944 thing intrigues me yeah yeah that that kind of world because of course i want small light and fun it could be great there was one team there that was actually running two crazy painted but they were quick and they were clean 944s they were right, running two right. and they ran all weekend and they were probably top third of the
0: pack and they were quick yeah they, they were quick everywhere I'm with you. So, uh, yeah, now we're we're dreaming about $500 race cars and uh, trying to figure out when's next time. And uh, I'm sure it, it uh, may become an annual thing now, the way we're all talking now. We'll
1: see. We'll see. I mean, the other thing about it that I really want to stress, and we talked about it in the piece and you'll see it, is this is a really low bar for entry. And that's, that's the genius just, of Lemons and, tr- and Chump Car, great. that yeah. for not much money, you can actually say, I've raced. And once you get in the full race gear, because you've got to wear the full race gear, the full Nomex, race gear, your Nomex head-to-toe, yep. full-face helmets, you've got a five-point harness, a roll cage, a stripped-out interior, it starts to feel like a real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You may be in the 96 wagon like we were, but it still feels pretty real when you're doing all oh, yeah. that. And that oh, was yeah. very fun.
0: Well, guys, we've got a debate for Nate when we come back, and uh, we'll take a quick break. Hey, guys, I'm sure you've heard about True Car. When you're
1: looking to buy a car and you want to make sure you're getting a real price on an actual car that exists on somebody's lot, you don't want to do the online configurator and wind up with a car you think is awesome, and the dealer goes, I don't really have that one. That's not good news. So with True car,
0: you can you can work around that. With True Car, you get real pricing on actual dealer inventory. And you know also it's not just any dealer but a true car certified dealer which means it's a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price so you can easily find the car you want using TrueCar and there's over 13,000 of these certified dealers nationwide over 3 million
1: cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar certified dealer network and the average savings is $3,000 off MSRP which I'm not good at negotiating, but that is a
0: good deal. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And just keep in mind, some features are not available in all states. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets. Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No. I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you?
1: The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue.
0: Hooray!
1: Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So we're back, and I want to remind you real quickly, whatever those ads were... If you'll do us a favor right now and go to podcastone.com and take their survey. This is pertinent. It is right now. It's only happening for another week or so. So if you're hearing this podcast, please go to podcastone.com right there on the main banner page. Take that survey. I've taken it because I want to know what it was. It takes about five minutes. It's just asking you questions about what podcast do you listen to? How much do you listen to them? These are the questions. It's very mm-hmm. straightforward. But here's the key thing. In general, that goes to Podcast One selling ads and talking about their audience at large. But in specific, for us, we need to have at least 100 responses. At 100 responses, now they are able to actually cater ads to you guys specifically. And I will tell personal experience, because I listen back and want to know what's happening. Uh, we, we came out yeah. of a podcast in the last week or so into an ad for a feminine product. Now... We very much appreciate all our female listeners.
0: Absolutely.
1: But that is a small percentage of all of us, and we're here to talk about cars. So the feminine product commercial, hey, a male product commercial in the yeah. middle of this is also not appropriate. Yes. Let's get some stuff that relates to what we do. How about hygiene products in general? Let's not talk <laughs> about we, that stuff. Let's talk we, about cars. We're here to talk about cars. Unless it's like soap to clean your hands because you worked in your car. That'll go I'll go that far. It gets That's, the grime
0: off there, after you did there, cool stuff We're on done. Your car. There you go.
1: Perfect. But here's the thing. If you guys would like stuff that relates, <laughs> honestly, Podcast One, take the survey that
0: will help us so much. It'll actually help you guys as well. So thank you. All right, we've got this debate for Nate. Uh, He is out in Cleveland, Ohio, and he has a 1990 Porsche 964 C2 coupe. He's been tastefully, tastefully modifying that. And a brand new 2017 M240i. Congratulations mm-hmm. on delightful cars. Yeah, they're fantastic. Both of those are great. Absolutely. His girlfriend really likes these cars, but she doesn't feel comfortable driving them because they're manual transmission. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. brother-in-law burned out the clutch on the first weekend that he had the 964. So, of course, <laughs> now everybody in the in the family's freaked they're out. They're all frightened. Don't drive Nate's cars. Yes. Because he's going to freak out on you and he's going to have to spend money to replace yeah. all the damage we're going to do to his cars. So he is looking now for a convertible to add, I believe, as a third car. That's the understanding. But neither of those cars fleet. are going anywhere. Nate's right. keeping those. Yeah. So he's saying before 05, something with an automatic, the whole purpose being for the both of them to have a nice cruiser that she would be able to drive and something they can take on long weekend trips. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. actually going back in time quite a ways with his suggestions here, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is actually pretty great. But he doesn't send us a budget. Unfortunate. We're so having I'm, to kind I'm of kind extrapolate, of yeah. guessing based on everything you're saying in here. I'm going to say 2025. 20, Seems like around 20.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: I, I'm kind of guessing here. the uh, The overall list here starts out with an SL 500. The R29 variant, which was made from early 70s all the way to late 80s. So that mm-hmm. classic mm-hmm. SL styling when you think about, V8. When
1: you think about a Mercedes yeah. convertible, you think of this car for sure.
0: I mean, if you want a convertible automatic, we think Mercedes. Then the generation after that, he's also suggested that. Mm-hmm. Also classic looks. He suggested the E-Class convertible from that same era there, the W124 E-Class convertible. Uh, Yeah, all the way through the early 90s there. He's got a Porsche 996 convertible, of course, with the Tiptronic on that car. Yeah, But he's not loving the styling, so the fried eggs not doing it for you, apparently.
1: And he's wondering about, should I have put another Porsche in the garage since I have one that I already love? Maybe I
0: should branch (laughs) out. That's a question, too. Right. Uh, Last two on here are the E46 convertible BMW with an automatic. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, with the whole, let's that add another BMW to the garage. It would,
1: which is the other discussion, yeah, for sure.
0: So, and then finally, a Jag XK8 convertible. hmm Interesting choice. He's concerned about reliability. Certainly, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of options we could go back. We could go small and lightweight. We could go kind of GT car, cruiser car. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, they want convertible, automatic, mm-hmm. something. I like that you're thinking something older, clean, maintain it. Yeah. And what you do, I don't think you should have any problems whatsoever as far as just drive it. These are interesting. These
1: are interesting. I'm going to go a little off the reservation on this, okay? Because I have a sniper shot. Oh, you do. That is not on this list because it's too new. But I don't understand why it's not on the list. Okay. So I'm going to call it anyway. I know it's so. It's a sniper shot that you might just call a miss. But I'm going to. I have a car that when I read this because <laughs> here's the things about this that make that made me land on this car. Nice as a long cruiser. Obviously, they don't want it to be very expensive. I mean, maybe we're talking fifteen grand, but my sniper shot still works. Okay. So wants it to be a nice cruiser, an automatic, a good place to be, long trips, and he wants it to age well. Chrysler Sebring. No, but good job, good job. All right, PT Cruiser convertible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) let's go even worse. Let's go even worse. (laughs) But I do have one, so I I want to bring up a sniper shot. I, I mean, I like where you're thinking, but the other thing I'm thinking about here is this is a car for you to drive with your girlfriend hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a part of me that goes, don't go classic old possible project car. Just okay. get something okay. classy enough. She'll love being in it and it'll run. So that's what the other reason I would. I, I'm not that I, I'm honest, honest, Nathan, about the fact that I don't understand why we're talking about before oh five. Why is that on here? Because I don't... I'm everything guessing else, to keep
0: costs down, maybe?
1: Maybe, but everything else you're talking about, I don't feel like you need to go classic.
0: So th- I didn't, and I have a sniper shot, but I'm curious where you are. I'm kind of mixed here. I don't mind, of course, having dual Porsches or dual BMWs in of the not Yeah, of
1: course you don't. I,
0: mm-hmm. I'm thinking, actually, though, not a 911, not a 996. Okay. I've got a couple here. One's very random, and it's very... Uh, eh, you might consider it to be... Well, your parents' convertible, maybe. Okay, okay. But I liked the styling. I really did when it came out. It was the Volvo C70 convertible. Hard yes, top convertible. When they first came out, they
1: were something. And then, unfortunately, I don't think they aged well. But they were, but they are cool. They're, they're, I The styling I just, is pretty good. I dug
0: them when they first came out. And yeah. I, I haven't really, you know, I don't see them around, to be honest. True. I don't know who owns True. these cars. True, yeah. I was just kind of intrigued. The thought crossed my mind. But, of course, I came back to Porsche in a different way. Okay. Because there was one of these parked at the track for both Saturday and Sunday, and I kept looking at it going, yes, Porsche 968. I wondered. Cabriolet. I wondered. Automatic. Sure. The prices are still kind of low. I Mm -hmm. think they're starting to come back up a little bit. They've... Probably hit somewhat but of a valley. But you could get one for this budget. Yeah, it just seems like all the 968s were built as a cabriolet. <laughs> it seems like they all have automatics. Oh yeah. Surely you could find one for fifteen to nineteen somewhere in there. Yeah, I would think so. I would think and so. Yeah. yeah, they probably had low miles because it was the Sunday driver. Yeah. It's still a Porsche. No, it's not the highest power ever, but I think it fits the bill. I think it I does the that. job I can here. I see that. It's a Porsche, and I think you would like the styling on that car. Yeah. I mean I think it's going to continue talk about to age well. Long time, yeah. yeah. Classic looks, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I'm going with my 968. Okay. Okay. You know, I I
1: do want to to do a head nod to two of his uh, recommendations here. I think the E46 convertible you would just like. We know that's a great chassis. Those cars are ridiculously cheap as convertibles mm-hmm. and and that yeah. age you yeah. know chase the gremlins that are that car but just buy it and enjoy it it's a car that you could probably find one it's one of those cars because it's aged so well and because there's been so many of them made you could probably find one that was ridiculously cheap and yet looks like this is this car looks perfect. It's it's so gorgeous. Mm. Look at the paint. You could find one of those in that E46 for sure. And I I have to like that Mercedes SL500. That old classic. It's this cool. is what a Mercedes convertible it's cool. is that iconically. Thing's gonna run. And they're just they are they are timeless cool. They really are. So I think that's a great great one. I do want to acknowledge both of those. But here's a car I don't understand why is not on the list. Okay. It's too new for your less than 05, but seriously, for what you're wanting Go shop Audi A5 convertible. Sure. Between 15 and 20 grand, you have your choice. Shirt. There's tons of them between that. Automatic, great place to be. I think that styling is going to age wonderfully. I think it already has, and I think it will continue to age spectacularly well.
0: I mean, I like that because you've got all three German manufacturers in your garage.
1: But you've got modern amenities. This is, is a, a modern road trip car. car. That's it's a true. road trip car. Modern amenities, nice place yeah. to be, yeah. worthwhile trunk. Not worthwhile back seats for people, but put more stuff in there. go on I, drive that cross country
0: oh absolutely that I could I, be a I daily don't understand for any reason
1: exactly I don't understand why it's not on here. I think it I think it has enough of an enthusiast credit I mean I remember when I first drove the A5 it was on a track and was surprised that the base a5 was surprisingly for what it was for what I expected mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. far exceeded my expectations dynamically mm-hmm. sure. it's not the s it's not the RS I get it. But A5 convertible, I think that gets this done, Nate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really highly
0: recommend that. No, I like it a lot. I, I'm all about it. I mean, I, I'm guessing just again because of price, theoretically, is what he's but, thinking.
1: But what he's talking about here, um, I think we're in the, I think we're in the 15 grand ish range, maybe as much hmm. as 20, depending on what hmm. he's chasing. And there were multiple for 15 out there. You wouldn't think they're that cheap, but they are. Mm-hmm. So why not? Sure.
0: No, that's great. Well, Nate, uh, hopefully this is helpful. And uh, send us a photo, you know, when uh, when you've got all three babies there in the garage. We're curious to know. And uh, hello to your family. Hello to everybody who's listening. And, yeah, stop driving Nate's cars. Drive whatever else he gets. <laughs> or, or, or learn Or learn manual. Or learn manual. manual. And come back. Yeah, that's <laughs> the other good thing. Exactly. Well, transitioning over to questions, guys, thank you so much for writing writing in, as you always do. Uh, Where do you want to start on here? We've covered a few just that were related to lemons. we covered, yeah, some of the lemon
1: stuff, and there'll be much more discussion. I mean, as you guys keep asking questions, we can keep touching base on that. We're happy to talk about it. We're still kind of on a high and still processing a lot of the whole experience. So there'll definitely be more to talk about. I wanted to cover uh, talking about racing. Uh, Christoph M.M. on IG said, choose one era, style, and team of motorsport. Mm. And I have to say, it's not going to surprise anybody, I like the Formula One John Player special era. What was that, late 70s, early 80s?
0: Yeah, somewhere in there. I just
1: through, really, through really like that era of drivers. I like that era of cars, the look of them. I love that livery on that
0: car. I have to go there. I'm with you. So the John Player team... I, I'm uh, actually, interestingly, coming to Group B Racing okay. from the 80s sure, as well. Sure, sure. Because of the anything-goes nature of mm. that class, and they were getting so nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved the rally nature. I loved I loved the 959 Rothmans car. That sure. was a hot sports sure. car, but you could do rally with it. That blew yeah, my yeah, mind yeah. when I saw that car for the first time. Mm-hmm. I love the Audi Quattros. I love all those... Just hot, wicked cars that that define that era, and I'm I'm sad to see it go. But I love the cars that they spawn. You know, the nine fifty nines of the world, sure. all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. I really dug that. So I, I guess I'm going with Rothmans. Okay, but okay. Uh, yeah, funny enough, yeah, late seventies, early eighties through through that era. I mean, that was glory days, I yeah. guess for sure of racing.
1: Yeah, well, there's that. Anything goes. There was that really spectacular uh, Top Gear segment years ago on Senna yeah and they yeah. covered his uh Marlboro f one car from like nineteen eighty something and they brought Lewis Hamilton in and had him drive it oh yeah, and that's, that's right Lewis was talking about the fact that it was it was manual shift in the midst of everything else you're doing. <laughs> no traction control, no DRS, and right. by the way, you better shift it too manually. And and that was the thing. I thought that was the most interesting thing about watching the piece. It's a very good piece if you can go find it. Uh, very. The, the cool thing about that piece was to, to watch Lewis's mind kind of be blown by, I have to do everything I normally do, plus I have to manually shift.
0: Right, right. And I
1: think it just ratcheted up his, his – uh, how much respect he had for those guys and, and Senna specifically. So it was cool to see that for sure.
0: When drivers were drivers. Yeah, agreed. Well, there's a question also on IG from Rasmus and Henry about... Uh, oh, sure, yeah. The Mazda new Skyactiv-X, Skyactiv-10 announcement. He's talking about internal combustion engines, but specifically the HCCI, the high-compression ignition engines. And He's asking, you know, do we think manual transmissions will still be offered? I... Actually, just finished watching Jason Fenske explain it in detail. Our friend Jason, as he does, uh, engineering explained, yes. mm-hmm. talking about Mazda creating this holy grail of gasoline engines, which essentially is high compression acting like a diesel. So, a gasoline engine in compression form acting like a diesel yeah. to yeah, yeah. get high performance power uh-huh. out of it uh-huh. without you know, turbocharging it, but also the efficiency of a diesel. Yeah. And them going that direction, which I really like and embracing, even though Mazda is not they did not invent the technology to my knowledge. They're pioneering it by pushing it forward definitely you know and bring it more into the mainstream which is exciting to see for sure i'm wondering if that uh, that happens to more auto manufacturers because everybody is still thinking gasoline hybrid or electric which well, is it going to be and infinity
1: strategy? invented that uh shiftable or changeable amount of of uh, stroke to the engine they did oh, that i sure. forget what they called that technology but that's right, going right, on right. too i mean here's the oh, thing right. that's cool about this this question raspison and that is Every time we, we say or somebody says the uh, internal combustion engine is dead, somebody comes along and makes another – well, you know, we can also do this. And I do mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. that the one one of the upsides to all of the um, required like – go with CAFE standards, whatever your, your uh, base fleet average miles per gallon standards are. One of the things that's done, though, is it's created some breakthrough in efficiency versus power of engines that didn't exist even 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's but the thing is, it's still happening. So while yes, the electric thing is growing, it gets all the press for being two percent of the market. Guess what? There's a gas station on your corner. There's not an electric charging station on your corner. This isn't going away tomorrow. Right. And clearly, right. Mazda is proving that changes are still being made, and there's more to get out of that engine. I am, this is not me saying gasoline must survive and electric should die. I'm not saying that. Electric is coming. I'm sure it'll be ubiquitous soon. And in many cases, like yeah. downtown commuting, yeah. why not be electric? I get it. But I love that there is, there is more life left in the gasoline engine, and Mazda is, is one of the people proving it. I think that's fantastic. And I hope to answer the back part of your question, do we think manuals will survive in select cars? Yes, but as we've joked, eventually we're making horse fancy videos. It's going to become that thing you do as a hobby, not <laughs> that thing you do more. for transport.
0: But now with with Lemon's cars and just, you know, I, I wonder are, are specific cars going to start to go up in value just because, there's just no longer these kinds of cars left around. Fair manufacturers fair. aren't continuing to make yeah. cars that will eventually become the five hundred dollar lemons car. Like what about the five hundred dollar Hellcat? Yeah. Wait, you know, thirty years from now.
1: Lock your doors. Yikes. Lock your, when the Hellcat is $500, that is the apocalypse. That is the beginning of Mad Max right there. <laughs> yeah. Lock your doors. Yes, that is all Telling bad you. because your, your, front, your front room is going to be have a, a Hellcat inserted in it by someone that bought a $500 Hellcat and put their foot <laughs> in it at the wrong place. Seriously, that is all bad. But we I mean, even joked about, is there a lemons world? These are So many weird conversations happened as a result of lemons. We even talked about, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, lemons with electric cars. Because the thing about current first-gen electric cars is they aren't holding their value to save their lives. You can get yourself an i3 for like ten grand, and they were forty-five. You know, they're just they're plummeting in value because the technology is moving on. It's as disposable as your phone. I mean, that's what they're Hmm. becoming. So when those are lemons, cheap, what happens? Because they can't run an endurance race. (laughs) <laughs> right. So where's that convergence as well? I mean, look, this is hyper. niche I mean, are we trolling for
0: old Prius batteries at the at the electric battery it's, junkyard? It's hyper hyper like, niche at this these point. These were it's only not used for like four matters. years in yeah. a row. Mm, there <laughs> might be some life left in these. Let's go run this This'll Prius. It'll swap out. Terrifying, but it is interesting to see how all this stuff is changing for sure. I mean, we were even talking about you know the the teams. I think this was Chance's idea about teams switching was his cars idea. during the race as we go around. So. You know, you start out with your car, uh-huh. and all, however many drivers are on your team, you go next door, and you take over their car. It was,
1: it was that key lottery thing that you sometimes see in car groups where everybody put, puts right. your keys in a bowl, and you pull out a set of keys, and then you go drive that car instead of your own. But his idea to fully, fully discuss it, it was, it was brilliant, Chance, <laughs> honestly. Huge, huge shout-out. Really this was two days of driving we just did. His point was, what if you drove the car you built day one? Mm-hmm. And then day two, it was the keys lottery. Your team just pulled keys
0: out of a hat, and now that was your key, your car for a second day. And you got you, you either got the, the junky, real slow car that broke down. Exactly. Or the high-strung, the, high strung, the, the yes. 240Z with a V8 in it. That exactly. Needs so, a transmission rebuild. You take over their tools, their teams, their equipment. You just
1: walk into their pit, and it's now your car. Yeah. How much would that – I love this idea, Chance, because how much would that change the cars you built, too? Because you're aware right. of the fact right. that your car is going to be driven by you and also someone else. So you can't be extra precious about it. You can't make it extra weird. You're praying that the car that you draw the keys for day two isn't just a bucket that leaks. Right. You know? You're praying How does praying it change that?
0: the theme and the names of your team? Completely. On and on and on. And I think, it I think that
1: race winner now is decided two ways. You have the car that did the most laps, no matter who was driving, and you have the team that did the most laps because they changed cars halfway through. Uh-huh. You could award both. So this is our this is our variation on lemons. I'm not sure what it's called. Maybe it's called lemonade. But the point is Chance thought it up, and it's brilliant. It's never going to happen, but it is fun. <laughs>
0: Well, there's a question on here about the Kia Stinger. Switching gears real quick from John L. Yeah, yeah. He can't think of anything else right now, and I'm with (laughs) you. We've got to get in that car. And, uh, I mean, I think Kia and Hyundai and Mazda are well-positioned for motorsports in terms of accessibility, Mm -hmm. as we've been talking about in terms of they still make manual transmission cars along with BMW, ideally. Yeah, Yeah, But I still come back to car manufacturers building Whatever it is, they're amazing, cool technology at any level, a hybrid, electric, whatever that is, and an enthusiast car over here. But not every company is able to do that. Hyundai's able to do that. Yeah. Mazda, you know, Toyota seems to be possibly making noises about bringing something back for a race series, possibly along yeah. the lines of the Lexus yeah. race series there. And I mean, handfuls of companies, but there's mm. there's definitely room for that. I mean, the enthusiast driving thing we feel is growing. Every time we talk to you guys, and and we met a few yeah. of you at uh, post race, yeah. Thanks for coming out gathering yeah. over yeah, at yeah. uh, Seas Brewing you, for in sure. Tacoma. That was nice. Thank you for coming. But you know, we keep talking about you know enthusiasts and car prices starting to go up, and manual transmissions well, being so difficult to find. And but you know what I th- stuff. What I think is
1: happening? I think, and I think this happens with any kind of seismic shift in the way somebody uses something. Okay. okay. Be it you know comic books or movies or what pick pick your thing that you know there are rabid fans about. The thing I think is interesting is the kind of in mass car world is leaving a I need or care about a car, but okay. it's leaving behind a group of us that love them, and I feel like we're only embedding ourselves further. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, I I know this is not a direct correlation, and I'm not trying to be political, but cars are headed where guns are now. In what in, sense? In that, and, and I'm really this is not a political statement. It's just a reality of you have gun owners and non-gun owners, and very rarely does one become the other. And the people that own I guns can see what you're saying want the right to have guns, okay,
0: and there are people on saying. the other
1: side that say you absolutely cannot. And it's an ongoing argument, and we could go up one side and down the other. It's not the point. The point is, I think enthusiast cars are headed that way. If gun owners love being gun owners and are generally respectful of it and really love it, I mean, you talk to somebody that has a safe full of guns. There's your afternoon. They will talk to you yeah. about this, which They'll is fine. Talk your
0: ear off, which is fine. Which is fine. Agreed. But I think Agreed. cars are headed that way. You'll so you're have your in neighbor of governmental regulation. Possibly, and you should have an electric car too, like the rest of the possibly, neighborhood. Or possibly, something? but also
1: just because most people, I, I'm painting big brush here. Most people that don't have a gun. Don't give it a lot of thought, I think. Who knows? So you're probably not going to have a conversation with your neighbor to figure out if, uh, how they feel about guns. Maybe you do, but probably not. I think that's going to be the thing with cars. I just I don't have a f- big feeling about cars either way. I get transport by the local whatever or I take an Uber or mm-hmm. I ride share or mm-hmm. I whatever. By the way, my neighbor down the street, nuts for cars. Right. You should see his there garage. There will be no gray area. There'll right. no, there won't be any people that kind of like cars. They, they
0: either do not care or cannot buy them fast enough. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Well, it continues, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for writing in. As we said, and uh, we're off to Germany soon here. So one more podcast before we leave, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're off podcast on our annual from pilgrimage. The trip. Yeah, we'll be podcasting from there. So really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Technology truths brought
1: to you by Geico. Any truth? truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor.
0: What's with Janet Spangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? LOL and sent. Wait, no, 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 no.
1: Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com.
0: Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something.
1: Geico, fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.